Hi guys, Sean here, one half of the DNS podcast. In this week's episode, we chat to Camilla and Carl, international strongman competitors, uh, world champions in their own right, in their own divisions. Uh, we had a great chat, really good laugh with these guys. So thank you both for coming on. Uh, we chat everything strongman, uh, the ocean, drinking, eating, weight cuts, stone loading, um, super soldiers, bit of everything in here really. So uh, we hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed uh, chatting to the guys. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Don't forget to like and share this episode. Um, you can find us at DNS Strength Collective and at the DNS Podcast on Instagram. Uh, www.dnsstrength.com. That's usually Dan's bit. Um, and don't forget the new Patreon. So Patreon forward slash the DNS Podcast is where you can help support the podcast and help us grow and allow us to invest in better equipment and editing so we can bring you the best product possible. Um, that's it for now, guys. I hope you enjoy it. Again, a big thank you to Camilla and Carl for joining us on a, a Tuesday morning. Um, enjoy. The DNS Podcast. The DNS Podcast. And there it is. Now it's recording. Beautiful. All right, so let's start at the beginning. Um, ladies first, Camilla, tell us uh, your start in sports and strength sports, really, and we'll go from there. Okay, so uh, sport has always been my hobby as such. So we were home educated, me and my brothers, um, and sport was our socialization. So I started little athletics and specialized in field athletics when I was a kid. Uh, then moved to judo, started that when I was six, uh, kept that up for ages, then uh, yeah, in conjunction with field athletics and then did Olympic weightlifting was probably my yeah, most long-term sport, started that at 14 and still dabble in it now, but yeah, on and off for nearly 20 years competitively. Um, and then, yeah, at a reasonably high level, uh, nearly made Commonwealth Games a couple of times, missed out by a kilo last time, uh, and the trials were in December uh, 2017. Yeah. Uh, then retired because that was, it was just too much. It was, I was done. The sport was over uh, and decided to dabble in strongman because my brother did it. Um, Chris Guest, yeah, he was competing locally and he'd been to an Arnold and I thought it would be fun to compete with him. So I went to an Arnold qualifier in January 2018. That was my first strongman comp. I was completely unaware of what I should do or how things were or what the events were or anything like that. Um, yeah, and then qualified for my first Arnold 2018 in March, two months later, and yeah, went from there. A wrap awesome. up and a half. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was a bit there. <laughs> what about yourself, Carl? Where did it all start for you? Because <clears throat> uh, you're a you're a pommy lad as well, aren't you? I am indeed. So yeah, I I played all sorts, I guess, growing up, which is pretty standard. So football, rugby, track and field, and stuff. Uh, and then, uh, well, then I guess as a kid, you guys would know the strongman is always on TV. Yeah, best of New Year's Day, the finals on. So I watched that as a kid, always thought that was epic, didn't think it was possible for tiny humans to play. And then moved to Australia, <clears throat> so I was, was I 19? Um, so um, 
I got into lifting when I was about 18. So I guess I ended up a bit of a waster and again, was just taking drugs and drinking and stuff. And that wasn't the most congenial <laughs> life. So uh, <laughs> then I got into the gym as a bit of a change. So that worked really well. I think I was about 18 then, started training with my old man and a mate of mine before that. Moved here, kept on training. Would get sent videos of World Strongest Man from my dad because I wasn't high tech and didn't understand YouTube could actually play these things. Uh, and then, yeah, got into training, trained at home, uh, started powerlifting because I was bored, just training for the sake of training. I uh, did quite well in that. And then <clears throat> one of the guys I was friends with who used to powerlift hurt his shoulder, so he couldn't bench press anymore. I'm shocked that and someone hurts their shoulder bench pressing all the time. And then he said, oh, there's a strongman comp on this weekend. Do you want to do it? I was like, oh, okay. And jumped in, had a go. Uh, and again, I was very small. I would have been like maybe 70-ish kilos. Uh, did okay. And then there was just sporadic shows. And then eventually we, uh, yeah, tiny <laughs> human, needed some foods. And then, um, yeah, there was not a huge amount of shows. Went to a bigger show in Melbourne. And a few of the guys from the UK were there who took it seriously. I was pondering whether or not to bother doing the show because it was quite heavy. And then I thought, oh no, I'll be okay. And then they changed the weights on the day. So it was quite funny in the warm up, <clears throat> it was meant to be a, a 90 kilo Viking press. Uh, and that seemed heavy at the time. And then the guy running it goes, oh nah, we're going to put it up to 100. And then two other guys couldn't get a rep in the warm up. I didn't get one in the warm up either. I was like, this is fucked. And then uh, he's like, nah, we're not changing the weight. The other guys will do loads of reps. So the guys who zeroed, zeroed, I managed to get a couple of reps. So I wasn't a total disgrace. And then the guys came out and like banged out 18 reps. And I was just like, ah. Oh. So realizing that the level was far beyond and me just rocking up on the day thinking I could wing it was probably not going to cut it. Uh, and then I started training a bit more seriously. Uh, and then, yeah, I've done pretty well since in the sport. So, yeah, that's probably my... I was a martial art warrior from when I was about four years of age, probably <laughs> to about eight, and that's probably really the foundation for my uh, <laughs> athletic excellence. <laughs> Whereabouts in England are you from, Carl? I was born in Birmingham. Well, it's totally hard because I'm the posh sort of fella. Uh, so yeah, born in Birmingham, lived there till I was 11, moved down to Cornwall, which was a lot more... Lovely down there, yeah. Casual, uh, which was, yeah, that was quite nice, and then came over here, but yeah, I was 19. Yeah, nice. What brought you to Australia originally, mate? Because I think all of us uh, that land here for different reasons. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get kicked out of the country. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the story's been told. The legend has it: parts unknown somewhere in England and shipped out in a container. <clears throat> I met my, my ex, uh, so we met in the UK, and then I came back here. So I was always getting out of England. So I was meant to go to America to see a friend of mine. He was he was in San Francisco. So I just wanted to get out and go somewhere. So um, yeah, I ended up here, which was yeah, a great move. Because it's a yeah, amazing place. Nice. What martial arts did you do? Uh, I did some form of karate. It was full contact <laughs> with total boss. So who wins the karate or the judo? Well, me. You. So who wins your judo or Carl's karate? Oh, she's actually a black belt in karate too. So she was been humble before when it was like, oh, tell us about your sporting background because there's <laughs> she didn't talk about, she's also like a national champion of kettlebell, national champion of karate. I think you what got a bronze in uh, full contact Italy week somewhere along the line. That <laughs> <laughs> <It all> works. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> be a bit of English humor, can you? So where did it, um, why weightlifting, Camilla? What, what was the, the catalyst to start weightlifting. It's 20 uh, years is a long sport in any 
a long slog <laughs> in any sport. Yeah, that's a very, very true point. Um, so weightlifting, my, I was basically, as I said, sport was our outlet and my brother was very good at field athletics. So he started Olympic lifting to cross train for discus and hammer throw to build explosiveness and coordination and all that sort of thing, power development. And my father would just always encourage me to do the things that my brother did, one, because it was probably easier that way, and two, because I was meant to be a boy uh, from the beginning. I was a bit of a mistake. So I was... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, disappointment from the start. So, um, yeah, he... My brother started Olympic lifting at um, Elizabeth College, at the, yeah, um, matriculation college down here. And my father, as he did with most things, was like, oh, come on, Camilla, give it a go, you will love it. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not about it. So I sat in the car in the hot for the first couple of sessions while my brother was training because I was angsty and young and that was just, <laughs> wasn't going to be any good. So, and then it was hot. So I thought I'd get out of the car and go and have a look at this weightlifting bizzo. And uh, for some reason, yeah, I just really liked it. It was something that gelled. The people were wonderful. My coach, my first coach was, yeah, really amazing and good at, uh, he was a teacher at the college that I ended up going to. Um, yeah, really encouraging and supportive. And yeah, I just really loved it. So then stuck with it and yeah, started out as a kid. Well, I guess most people when they start training seriously or training at all, it's funny, I was only looking back at it the other day and like with my training partner at the time, we'd skip reps and sets and yeah, yeah, no, we've done enough for today and all that sort of thing and lie about having gotten through the session and then, yeah, that whole concept is completely alien to me now. Like, yeah, why why would you? But yeah. From, judge me. <laughs> from then to me. Yeah. And how did your uh, how did your training look like leading into the Commonwealth Games trials? Oh, uh, it, was, it was hectic. Yeah, that was probably, without a doubt, that was the most training I've ever done in my life. I was training twice a day, uh, twice a day, double days, three times a week, and single sessions, another three sessions a week, plus cardio where I could do it. Proper um, time, man. It was ridiculous. I was probably doing about 25 hours of training a week. Squatting um, every day? Well, oh yeah, yeah, full movements. It was very, well, at the end, it was very much um, back to the traditional lift. So I guess you could say it was similar to a Bulgarian system of training in that, uh, yeah, I would do snatch, clean and jerk, full squats. Every yeah, nice. Day. And yeah, three hour sessions were, yeah, a constant. You guys can't day. see it, but Dan's getting excited right now. <laughs> the, the Bulgarian <laughs> system. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough too. It's yeah, it's pretty brutal. But I just wanted to I wanted to know like make it or not, like succeed or not. I just wanted to know that I had really tried everything so that when I got to the day, if I made it, that was that would be amazing. But if I didn't, I couldn't look back and go, Oh, if I'd trained a bit harder, if I'd done a bit more, then maybe I would have been better. And of course, like looking back, there are always things that you can change and there are things that I would probably do differently now. But um, at the time, I really did think that I was giving everything I could possibly give. So, meh, and now I found strongman, which is yeah. Apparently, I did the wrong sport for twenty years, so that's. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the. Uh, 
up until even five years ago, it was heavyweights and then maybe 105s and the smaller weight classes and the, the women's <laughs> only recent, fairly new in the sport. So yeah. you've at least laid a solid, bloody solid foundation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good crossover sport. I certainly don't deny that. And it's taught me how to clean an axle like a real weirdo, but it's... <laughs> Like a boss, that's the coolest. Attack the queen for the win. Was that the yourself that set the axle record at the Charlotte's strongest woman? Not last year because it didn't happen the year before. Uh, I share it in the open weight. I share it. Oh, no, I don't share it at all. Sorry, uh, Nicole. Ah, uh, Nicole got the um, the heaviest lift there in my weight class. Yep, I've got as a 73 and a 82, I believe. Oh, nice. 100 kilos. Jeez. That's awesome. What started, um, no, you said your brother was doing it, but, you know, what sort of, after Commonwealth tryouts, you were just done with weightlifting, had enough? Yeah, I was pretty broken. Uh, probably both, if we're going to be honest about it, both uh, emotionally and physically. I had a, my hip was horrifically painful, shoulder was yeah, I don't know how I even got a snatch on the day. That was really painful. Um, and, yeah, so <laughs> I just, yeah, it was, it, that was it. I'd done it, as I said, I'd done it for 20 years. Yeah. Um, I'd been through a couple of coaches in my time. I didn't have anything left to give, really. Yeah. So, I love the sport uh, and I'm so appreciative for, like, I got to travel with weightlifting. I've tasted, you know, success through sport in weightlifting, um, but that was it. I was done. I suppose you would have come from towards the end of your, your stint there just doing snap, clean and jerk, squat to strongman where you've got, you know, a ton of different activities you can do. So it probably would have been a breath of fresh air for yourself coming into that new realm. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, it's such a different way of training between strongman and weightlifting is exactly that. The same as powerlifting, you've got three attempts of whatever, however many lifts, either two or three lifts, that's what you do. You know you have to do it, so you train accordingly. Whereas strongman, I've found that personally for myself and for Carl, because we collaboratively coach, it's so much more effective to work backwards from a competition, find out the events if you can, and just perfect them so work even if you're working overweight or if you're just working on certain technical issues it's still the same process of learning skills but um to be able to have an end an end product that you work towards and then um yeah work back from that is yeah the most effective and it is it's a refreshing way of training because it changes for whatever comp that you're peaking for mentioning coaching how do you guys uh, approach getting ready for a comp What's the, the training look like and what's the, the mental aspect look like for you guys? Because you've both competed on the world stage. You're both world cha Arnold World Champions. So we're, how do you approach something that big? Well, we go like to lift things, like to win things. David Brentish, wasn't it? That was very <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll do the dance in a minute. I'll get off the couch. <laughs> Don't laugh, he will. <laughs> get all amongst it. Um, well, 
I guess there's been different ways. So I, I'd done okay before and gone to Worlds training, um, well, how I would traditionally train, I suppose. So lots of uh, neural inhibition stuff. So I like to go fairly heavy and then do some lower work to exploit that. Uh, and that goes quite well. And events would vary on what the weaknesses were. So if there was things that needed more work, obviously ramp up the frequency. Uh, and then we, we were chatting, was that 2019? And Camilla was just like, uh, I don't believe in self-programming. <laughs> so, mm, okay, cool. I've done quite well. Self-programming, it's, it's real. It's not the Easter Bunny. That's just, like <laughs> just like that. It was. <laughs> anyway, so we were chatting and I think I'd reached out to other coaches before and a couple of times and it never really worked out for whatever reason and probably a blessing, to be honest. Uh, and there's not that many people I would trust to do my training because I just think they would lash it up. So, yeah, we had a chat and then she uh, persuaded me to try. And so it was a little different uh, in terms of the frequency of events, which was cool because it was just really, really different. And I probably bothered doing more work than I normally would, I guess. Like I've always done not huge amounts. So high volume doesn't really work that well. So I would rather ramp up the intensity, do a bit of work hard and then rest because I'm retired. <laughs> uh so yeah that was different and then also like doing it yeah because i had i was accountable to someone else so i actually did far far more work than i would normally do and that went really well so i got a pretty good result i was second at that comp uh and then after that yeah we started i guess collaborating on each other's stuff so looking at where and i guess that's the other thing too when just you you might know your weaknesses but you're not necessarily or even if you're aware of them it's not as easy to be objective Mm. Whereas mm -hmm. I guess having each other to spot, you can then see what events you probably need work on and what part of the events you need work on technically, what's lacking. Uh, and then usually we're quite good. At, like We don't tend to get too upset if the other one's <laughs> picking out the errors in tech. And luckily with my background of 20 years of weightlifting, I'm pretty clawless technically. <laughs> mm. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that part's really cool though, I guess the collaboration too. So we often have a similar plan if we've got the same show, obviously the events are gonna be the same and often the same weights because you're strong as well, <laughs> and I'm a tiny human. Uh, and yeah, then we just tweak it slightly based on, I guess, what our needs uh, are. Yeah, yeah, different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, that was actually a thing leading into, so when um, Stand or Submit had their compound event, compound mm -hmm. chaos and compound carnage, there was meant to be ASM, ASW included in that. And yeah, that was really, Training for that was really rough. Like ASW weights were super heavy, but they ended up yeah being pretty much the same weights for some events as what Carl was training for Ugh, for carnage. Just, so uh, that was not a good time for either of us. My ego and your body, yeah, yeah it's a bit rough. <laughs> the fragile male ego. That's it. Just the fragile male period. Physically. <laughs> so, um. Fuck, I had a thought of something. I was ask you something halfway through that. No, I shouldn't have stopped. Yeah, I know. My brain like a sieve this morning. We jump in? Yeah, you go, mate. Um, oh, off the cuff. Um, <laughs> best comp memory each. Um, something that sticks out, uh, a good comp. Uh, where was it? And a memory involved. Start with, uh, start with Camilla. There hasn't, so far, touch wood, I haven't had a really bad comp, but um, like winning worlds next to my partner, like you can't 
you can't trump that. That was, yeah, that was beyond explaining. It was an amazing experience. However, probably the most fun comp that I've had, uh, most enjoyable, would have been um, at Adonis when I came out there <laughs> in 2019. That was just, uh, yeah, it was a wicked competition. So chill, relaxed. It was wonderful weather. You guys were welcoming. So, yeah, and doing that again beside Carl, even though he had to wait up. But, yeah. I remember that. And, yeah, it was his birthday too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, getting on the refeed the night before and having a few uh, few too many ciders and then turning up to compete, that was wicked. <laughs> <laughs> Not for West Country. That's how you do it. Cut the ciders in the old body. <laughs> exactly. Carl's loading it. <laughs> What's the side of your old man drinks? Barnstormer. Barnstormer. It's like the old um, Strongbow Black. They don't make that anymore, but uh, yeah, 8.4%. Cut the tins of those a night. Nice. Sniffing glue. Sounds like the little fat lamb. Everyone's yeah. Talking. Bless him. He, he looks like a baked bean, my old man. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking he, too many uh, too many burst blood vessels from the old cider. I don't think you'd be very happy if you, if you thought it resembled him as a baked bean. Anyway, what about yourself, Carl? Anything that sticks out, oh, cop wise? Uh, well, definitely Ohio. I guess I'd been to Worlds a couple of times, different ones, uh, third and second, and I was always there sort of solo. Like there were other people there, but not like it was just me, really. Uh, so yeah, doing that together was crazy. The cut, uh, the win, watching someone else succeed and that being greater than your own success was weird, but amazing. Uh, so yeah, that part would stick out as like the, the greatest by far. But yeah, the Adonis comp was funny because I'd come back from Worlds not long before and I actually got even heavier. So the cut was even shitter. I was like 89.5 or something when I started cutting, which was great. Uh, and then... Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't going amazing. Uh, and then, yeah, I was heavier than I thought and sorted and stuff. Anyway, got weight. That was fine. Then it was my birthday. So that was refeed day. So that was kind of good. But I'm not even like most people love refeed day. Whereas I don't even like that because it's just fucking hard work. Because again, you get like bloated and I'm a bit of a, like, if we go and eat, she'll eat all the foods. And I'm like, I'm full and all bloated. And she'll just be like, oh, you did really well. And it's like, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a bit like that which is nicer because it's probably my birthday so that was really cool we just yeah ate and the refeed actually went amazing like i didn't feel quite as bloated uh so we yep had some shenanigans in the day then went out for pizza quite early in the piece ate that thought oh we'll have a cheeky cider uh, and that's not normally refeed protocol because you know dehydrated and then we had a whole bunch of ciders there was a special so that's true <laughs> <laughs> so we had a bunch of <laughs> Where'd you go? Uh, what's, I don't know the place that had pizza and cider. My pizza is <laughs> in Penrith. <laughs> was, it in the, uh, was it in the town centre? Yeah, it was down near the complex uh, and there was like a little uh, outdoor alfresco uh, area, I think. Quite nice yeah, it, was, yeah, it was quite nice. They said we looked too untidy to go there, but they'll let us because we were from out of town. So, you know, it was... It was, it was, it was that's strong come from Penrith. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we said. So. Uh, and then, yeah, we had a few of those. And then we ended up having roadies, which was another great plan. So we actually had a bunch. And then felt amazing the next day, actually, which is weird. Because 
I'm not the greatest drinker anyway, so to wake up feeling fresh, whereas this one could drink all day and rock up and compete any day of the week. Thank God wants me to be a functional alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> then you got to come back for another comp if that's the case, and we'll do a uh, mean fiddler run, like we took Ryan on last time he was up. Ooh. The last time I had a mean fiddler, I was a child and he was a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Oh. <laughs> oh, Catholic school do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was religion and sport. There we go. Uh, how can we make an athlete? Mm. <laughs> Ten o'clock on a Tuesday morning. We're at it. Oh, I love it. It's the best part about talking to English people. <laughs> no matter what the time of day is, inappropriate. It just happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dear. So what's? Yes. <laughs> I'll be sure to drink a gallon. <laughs> he has a stomach. You drink him. He's like, I'm feeling dehydrated. <laughs> listening to all that. Uh, like, if you want to go for a piss. <laughs> um, fucking hell! I... Oh, that was it. So what's what's next? Now the world's starting to slowly reopen, and we can start moving about at least within. Australia, what's net? What's the the plans for you guys in terms of competing coming up? <laughs> you go. No, I talk too much. You go. Okay. Uh, so on a local level, we've entered Gold Coast Strongest Man and Woman. Nice. Uh, which will be really cool. Yeah, up at Coco's Gym, and that's in two weeks. Yesterday. Um, yeah. So we're going to head up there, have some fun. Probably not cut weight either of them. I'm definitely not cutting weight. No, I'm not. I'm not about it. I actually think, and again, I haven't even told Ariel yet, but I think I'm going to enter the open division. So. This is an exclusive, yeah, just so you know. There you go. Because everybody cares. Uh, and then <laughs> after that, well, we just we just don't know because there's, their comps which have been postponed and announced and all that sort of thing but dates haven't been set yet so the biggest one for us is osg yep. um we're just training as though we're going to go if we can that is wonderful if we can't well it is what it is at least we're strong and we'll be able to do a deadlift that's the ladder might be cool um <laughs> exactly um aside from that the other comps well, for me would be asw if they have that um that Arnold's substitute whenever that might be, but it's looking like that could possibly be the week before OSG, which wouldn't work for either of us at all. So um, if there's anyone listening who has any sway, that is a terrible idea. And if you want your best <laughs> opportunity at your show, maybe don't put it the weekend before international shows. That's the uh, FitFest standing That's Arnold's it. thingy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nationals and I guess that's about it. Yeah, and there's possibly the Ohio Arnold's oh, allegedly yeah. September, but again, it's just really, really loose. Mm -hmm. And then it's a lot of internationals in a small amount of time. And luckily, like Strongman does pay incredibly well. So, <laughs> you know, traveling internationally is no drama at all. Um, and again, you're so like, well regarded because you, you've traveled from overseas, so they just treat you with red carpet. And, you that's know, true. <laughs> Not yeah. extra costs on the day, mm. so yeah, it's pretty cool. It's good for love. <laughs> What's um, since you're, you're there in the the matching Cerberus shirts, how did all that start for you, Carl? 
That is a good, all right, that's a great question. Uh, funnily, I'd been, I'd done quite well already, I guess. So I'd won a few things and lots of the equipment I'd had would, had broken really. So straps would snap and I wasn't even like a massive deadlifter. Well, 80 kilo guys generally aren't. So the snap straps was a bit shit. Um, so I'd gone through multiple sets. Uh, so I wasn't that impressed with some of the equipment. Uh, so I'd seen another guy had been wearing some Cerberus stuff and thought that looked cool. So I thought I'll try that. So I contacted them and said, oh, yeah, I'd like some things. Uh, and they shipped from the UK. And I was like, ah, oh, is there no one in Australia who does it? And I was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, do you like to have someone in Australia do it? So I got sent some stuff, tested it out, liked it, uh, and then put an order in basically to have some stock and grew from there. So it was really quite, yeah, random really. And it's ended up uh, growing really quite well. So it ended up being obviously quite small, a fair bit of work to get, um, awareness of the brand because again my following of 12 million people on the gram and me wearing stuff didn't really do it but it's actually yeah picked up um, a lot of traction and i've been really lucky that lots of people have supported us and i've tried to do my part in supporting shows and supplying equipment and things so yeah it's gone really 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 well uh, and then the the main guys in the, the scotland i caught up with those and again they're always looking to try and do things better so often if there's a, a product um instead of like, oh, blah, blah, new and improved, like if something's not happening, it just tends to get done sort of, um, you know, under the radar, but get sorted out. So and the thing's always tested. So it's always about making it the best it can be for those who actually play in the sport rather than, you know, just some nerd with a pencil who designs things and markets well, so. How did you come across Cerberus in the first place? Because I originally saw it through Charlet. Yeah, same. Ah, well, I was before Charlie Boys, so you probably should have been watching me. Um, yeah, I should have been. I should have been one of those first 12 million. <laughs> That's it. You just weren't one of them. Uh, I reckon I saw, I think it was Pat Costelli, actually, to be honest. Um, so he's an 80 kilo guy who was really good. I think I saw him in it. And then I was like, oh, okay, what's he wearing? And it was just different. And then I liked the logo. Like, again, the, like the Cerberus looked cool. I was like, oh, that looks tough. I could do it looking tough. How can I pretend I am? I'm going to wear loads of things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that started there. Oh, sandbags are Cerberus, aren't they? Yeah. They're cracking now. They are. They are very good sandbags. Just don't let black... No, shut up. Never mind. <laughs> whereabouts are you guys in Australia? Whereabouts, whereabouts do you live? Or where else do you live in now? Well, that's a complicated question. Uh, <laughs> so right now we're in Tasmania, but I'm in South Australia. So we sort of commute between the two. What's Tassie like? I've heard any good things about it. Is it like England? I haven't been to England, so I can't. Well, that's amazing. That will be for you, Carl. <laughs> Gosh, all this pressure and stuff. Uh, yeah, sort of, but it's oh, way more beautiful probably than England. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's cold uh, and it's green. So I guess that bit's a bit like England, uh, but people are a bit jollier, I think, because in England, they tend to be a little... <laughs> green Whereas, yeah, it's a beautiful place. <clears throat> really, really stunning. It's actually, I'd heard it was nice, but then I don't know, I guess you'll hear lots, but just how crazy you can be in the city centre and then walk 10 minutes and be in the wilderness and just, you know, surrounded really by nice. trees, coastline. So, yeah, really, really stunning. And trees on the beaches, which is mental, which is actually genius. Like, if you're religious and believed in God, and if you guys do or anyone else does, that's really nice. Um, but there's shade on the beach, naturally, which is genius. 
It's a good point, actually. What do you? Is there palm trees on beaches? I don't. Man, I ain't going near a beach. Oh, yeah, Sean doesn't go to the beach. Um, he doesn't like. Doesn't, doesn't, yeah, I thought he lived on the beach. Brown. from Adonis's gym because he's brown Greek Adonis-looking man. I have a fundamental issue with the ocean and everything wants to either eat you or kill you, so I don't go near it. I just respect nature and leave it be. That's yeah. fair. That is fair. Um, and sand is awkward. It seemed the most dangerous dangerous animal where I grew up was a cow. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Australia's an interesting place. Daddy long legs. <laughs> yeah. Daddy long legs. Yeah. I remember those? I used to get loads of them in the garage. <laughs> so deadly. <laughs> Oh, I thought like the most dangerous animal in England is like the the local geezer after a few pints of snake bites. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Good old fashioned snake bite. Now we're talking student night on a Wednesday. Snake bite. <laughs> Fosters and a strongbow. <laughs> too dirty tasting. You had a bit of black currant because that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Take the edge off it. <laughs> a bit of black currant in there. Cause lead in your pencil. It does. I think that that's what my used to say. <laughs> Is that right? There's a tip I've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be rocking my feet in the heart. Lick your feet. Brilliant. Brilliant. Lovely drink. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a complete fucking mind melt at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the original question was, yeah, where do we do? And yeah, South Australia and Tasmania, and we just uh, meet in between. Every other weekend, pretty much at the moment, how it falls. So, how do you find South Australia, Carl? Because I went there once 10 years ago for a, maybe longer, for a Billy, um, Billy Connolly show, and everything was fucking shut. It was sh everything was closed at 10 o'clock. Is it bank or <laughs> It was. It was. <laughs> I was very upset. I was having a great night. Billy was fantastic. I'm going, we're going to go to the pub now, and nothing was open. Mm. Yeah, I, was, well. I could have cried. <laughs> Maybe it was one o'clock in the morning, Sean. <laughs> yeah, well, I, live, I live in the country, so like, there's not much open anytime, to be honest. Uh, there's tumbleweeds, and yeah, but in the city, normally, I guess there would be nightlife. I don't know. I'm not that wild. It is a bit weird, actually, in the city. Like, if you went to a supermarket, they shut up at five o'clock, which is mental. Whereas, like, usually regionally, they're open till at least like nine, and sometimes later. So it's a bit weird in the city that you know, like mm, five o'clock. Sorry, if you haven't got your dinner, unlucky, you get hungry. And then the most mental part is there's so many fat people. Would you think if the shop was shut at five o'clock and they didn't have dinner? <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit weird. It's kind of, uh, it's pretty cool. Like it's quite a nice place again if you were well, coastal and there's beaches and things. But um, it's dry and hot, which is also quite nice when it's not winter. Um, yeah, I guess I don't really care if the pubs are open late or not because I'm not about that life anymore. I'm not about athlete life. I don't know what I am. I'm confused. Is probably what I am. <laughs> yeah. No. What's uh What's training looking like at the minute, guys? For each of you, what's um. What's on the menu? What's a weekly training looking like at the minute? Yeah, uh, so generally about four sessions a week. 
um, and yeah, for both of us, because we're, again, as it tends to happen, we're both training for the same competition, same events. So um, I've got a slightly bigger Olympic uh, focus on mine because I was going to compete in an Olympic competition a few weeks after Coco's comp because it's my first year as a master's athlete. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> in weightlifting. Um, but it's quite but young masters in weightlifting right it's uh well i'm a masters 36 35 is masters right it's pretty young for a masters athlete isn't it what's it like what's it in strongman 40 yeah okay yeah i thought yeah. he was saying that you look young and i was about to say about masters when he was like you old bastard <laughs> <laughs> yeah got him on sugardaddy.com <laughs> 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 What what weightlifting cop was that, Camilla? That you were that you prepared for? Sorry, oh, it was just going to be a local one um, because I'm stupid competitive by nature, um, and I happened to have a look at Masters World Records online and see where they were sitting. And I, yeah, probably in for a shot at them. But um, what yeah. are they? Uh, in as a 71 kilo athlete, it's snatch 85, clean and jerk 105. So okay, yeah. And what's your, what's your all-time best? Uh, all-time, I snatched 92 and clean and jerked 114 in comp. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. sweet. Very good. Could have been better, but yeah, that was where I was at. And yeah, competed as a 69 to 75. Kilo athlete, depending on. Something, no. <laughs> you are such a linguist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, just fluctuated between those weight classes depending on what my coach would allow me to cut at any given comp. Yeah, nice. And what's training looking like for you at the minute, Carl? What's going down in the week? Uh, it's not going amazing. I've had a weird <laughs> issue for way too long. I think I've been, I've got through a few big comps in bits and uh, that caught up with me, I think. So I'm healing. So I'm training like a peasant, to be honest. It's a bit sad. <laughs> Uh, so I started to make some progress, like my overhead's coming back, which is good. So it's mostly just off the floor. So deadlifting and stones are just not what they need to be. So we'll see. I'll, yeah, I don't know, pray to Jeebus for the next couple of weeks and see if I can pull off the floor for this comp coming up. So, um, and then hopefully though, I think I'm a bit optimistic that I'll be back, uh, which I'll need to be for OSG because yeah, the competition is pretty tough and the weights are reasonably heavy, so I can't afford to be a peasant, I guess is the thing, ironically. So yeah, similar training, four days a week. Um, and yeah, mine's been a bit different, I guess, too, like trying to improve technically. So I think, well, here we go, I'll get on my Shetland pony and charge around the paddock. But I think lots of people in the sport, like I've been competing for ages. So I think I did my first show in 2008 or 2009, and most people go, oh, I should have learned to do some technical lifting, and they think it's too late all the time, whereas, I've only been doing that really, I don't know, more so I guess when we've got together in training. So then I've worked more on my power jerk and split jerk and stuff. And they're going quite well. So I've got the conundrum now, like they're all pretty similar, my push, my power and my split and trying to work out what's going to be my, my go-to. But rather than this is it, I'll just keep training them all and then whatever seems to work better, depending on the event, whether it's a max rep event or whatever, and just have, it's better to have the tools in your arsenal, depending on you know, if you have an event where your legs are fried, Still good to have some shoulders, but um, always better to have more tools in your box. So I just think it's 
Ignorance. Ignorance. <laughs> Mr. Jefferson, that most people just don't do that. And uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. You know, like Mong Man, like not everyone's 70. <laughs> Mong Man. So I think it's just funny. Like most people model pros and the pros actually aren't, well, there's exceptions, but lots of them aren't very good technically. Whereas if you're going to model one, maybe pick one who is technical, like say, someone like Novikov or um, Mateus, they're actually very good technically, whereas most of them just aren't, but they're just monsters. Fucking strong. Yeah. yeah Large humans. But they're going to run a comp called Mong Man, and you're just not allowed to <laughs> technically <laughs> 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 That was meant to BBC, I reckon. <laughs> so as both both of you have been competing and training for a long time, um, old. What, what would you say, sort of, you know, you've been doing it for, for this long. Um, what's like the biggest you know, biggest take-home for somebody sort of just take just starting out? You know, what sort of a, a good message to, to sort of pass on? The good message for someone starting is, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Don't expect not to get hurt. No, it's going to happen. Um, I would say find find the, the best coach that you can. Like find someone who doesn't just produce generic programs. Like they look into what what your strengths and weaknesses are, and someone who actually knows doesn't just talk about how much they know, but they have to know. So I've recently come to the conclusion that you don't. You don't need to be able to do the thing to teach the thing, but you need to know the thing to teach the thing, if that makes sense. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So even if your body's broken and you can't necessarily do like a perfect snatch, for example, or a clean or a dragon what clean, or, yeah, exactly right. If you can't hit those positions as long as you know what you're looking for and it's not just, yeah, talking and regurgitating dribble, um, that you see on Instagram, uh, I don't know how many times my eyes bled during lockdown, just seeing people come out with stuff. And it was actually like debilitating things, like getting people, yeah, do this and it's going to like get you through ISO and you're not going to put on 800 kilos and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, but you're probably going to end up broken in some way, shape or form. And if you don't now, you will later. Like it just, it, it really upsets me to see that sort of thing. But they don't know. Like, you just don't know what you don't know. So, again, there you go. My advice would be find someone who actually knows. And you don't need to be good. Like, you don't have to have achieved in sport to be a good coach. It helps. And that helps a whole different side of coaching in that you understand that particular facet of competing and training and leading up to big events. But, yeah, you really strong running knowledge and the ability to convey information to people. That's a really good point. Mm. Nice. What about yourself, Carl? Any words of wisdom? No, I've, only, I've, had, I've had about four in my life. So let's see. <laughs> um, yeah, probably balance in the body, to be honest. Like mm. most people, so, well, I mean, we're both therapists as well. And I've traveled and learned. Massage, and not mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah traveled a lot and spent a lot of time studying and money um and really balancing out the body so i think everyone gets and lots of people 
misinterpret it, I think, and I'll just copy blindly mm. because such and such guru says something. And I think guruism is just so overdone. So the amount of people who pretend they've done stuff or talk and act like they've done stuff and make videos. And I think the information age is great in that, yes, there's lots of information readily available, but most of it's just shit. And that's me being really brutal and harsh, but it, in my experience, that's the reality. Whereas I think if you can take a like, objective, if you've got a good coach, a balanced body, most people don't have one to start with because most people have a sport in history and they've got occupations and stuff. So ideally it needs to be imbalanced to address the imbalances they have. And then like, there isn't a, like, a perfect program because there's always a cost to every program you do. And that's okay as long as you're aware of it. And then ideally in the subsequent phases, you need to offset the, the costs of the previous plan. I just don't think it's done. And most of them are really, really predictable. Like the human body hasn't changed in hundreds of years. So usually you can look at a body and see where the, the issues are most likely to, to manifest. And yet people just tend to stick their head in the sand. And it's almost like, especially in this sport, a badge of honor. Like, oh yeah, if you haven't torn a bicep, you're not even strongman. Like that, just so retarded. So yeah, I think it, just that balance and longevity, whereas a lot of the time in this sport, I guess in sport in general, a lot of people are forced to um, to finish their career, not by choice that I've had enough, but because their their bodies had enough. Okay. And I think if people would be a little bit smarter with how they approach it, they would uh, yeah do things on their terms, which I think is a much better option. That's two great points. <clears throat> so I grabbed. Well, so yep, I uh, went and run and grabbed the phone because we got a couple of questions from Instagram that we haven't covered yet. Instagram. So um, I think this one's for <laughs> both of you actually. Favorite uh, stone accessory. Favorite accessory for stones. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to say I, I really like Ukrainian deadlifts actually. Yep. I think I think they cross over quite well. And when I was really quite strong at stones, so I was doing a few of them. And yeah, I, I rate them. Ukrainians? Is that the stand on the box on the deficit and pull in from like a sumo? Yeah, no. My favourite accessory is probably like a um, pretty set of shorts and like a headless. Crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> It's those ice cream shorts, isn't it? They're the secret <laughs> to stones. The kilos. Uh, well, we talked about that the other day, really, stones and accessories, because mm. I think a lot of people overcomplicate things and it's unnecessary too. So we're talking about, I think, exercises that transfer. Whereas, yeah, Ukrainians definitely do off the floor, I reckon, because, again, similar position. I think front squats have a, a big carryover too. So I think when I was loading reasonable stones, I hadn't loaded stones. I just front squatted pretty heavy. And then loading stones is quite easy. I think if you've got technical competence, which is, that's probably the best accessory, learn to fucking load a stone. <laughs> Whereas mm -hmm. most people, again, just don't do it very well. So they're strong and I guess willing, but they just tend to lack the, the fundamentals in the execution. Good point. Deficits in low row as well. That's another one I quite enjoyed leading up to doing big stones. Deficit, Deficit in lay. Oof, hamstring singing. Yeah, it was a good time. But yeah, to really. Off like a two inch board or something? I think mine was about four inch. It was like one of those shitty step up. Nice. Things that, it, you know, jazz, not jazz as well as um, aerobics and that sort of thing. I know the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, trying to maintain that postural integrity and not cheat too much. 
with the old road. Just enough. Yeah, exactly. Get it done. But yeah, I definitely think that doing stones, like, yes, it's messy. And yes, you have to use tacky and it hurts and it burns your skin and all that sort of stuff. But it's, um, you just have to do it. If you want to do the thing, do the thing. Awesome. A little pluggy plug. If you need tacky, cerberusstrength.com.au. There you That's go. World record tacky. World record tacky. Uh, a, a rather left wing question for you both. When are you going to try and take on CrossFit? Who asked that one? Name and shame them. That was Katie. <laughs> I've thought, I, I feel dirty, but I've thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, yeah I've thought about dabbling in it. Unfortunately, I'm, I'd probably be really good at it because I do, like, they have the Olympic stuff in there. Um, and I don't mind hurting myself a lot for, <laughs> for an end result. Uh, don't know. I wouldn't be very good at the gymnastic stuff and, and my shoulders are a bit shot. So, yeah. And I'm also, let's let's be honest. We're both not really at the age to be starting new things. With so. me, <laughs> I'm like the old bastard. She actually lies with the gymnastics. I've seen her do like magic flips off her head and stuff. So she's quite, quite an ninja. <laughs> 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 the side is a demon, like a monk off the top of your head. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like a lazy potato. So there's no way on earth I could crossfit at all. And I'm technically not that great. So yeah, no is the real answer. That one. <laughs> is the bottom answer. That's the bottom line. <laughs> That's quite cool. They they get like they they're like treated like royalty. They get paid loads. Like if I was smart, I would have learned to do that way back when. But clearly, everyone knows I'm not. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back, to, back to the mong. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um. We've covered a, a few of these just from chatting anyway. Um, so what we're going to finish on, once I find them. Da, 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 da. The quick fire. Shit, do you have a sheet of them? I don't know where I put the sheet. I lost it. It's all right. I've got it, I got it saved here somewhere. Here we go. So these are our 10 questions we ask every guest, um, except for one, because he would tell me to fuck off. So. I did hear that in one of your podcasts, and, and then I thought, like, yeah, I don't think I'm mean enough to say that. So, yeah, uh, okay. Mike and I, it's, have you seen the movie Step Brothers? Yes. Yeah, that's me and Mike. <laughs> Which one's Will Farrell? He's here in it. I'll say Mike. <laughs> have you put your nutsack on his drum? That's all I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try that tonight with Deadless. <laughs> My nutsack on his bar. <laughs> You'll fucking love that. So uh, it's supposed to be quick fire, but Sean doesn't usually do these quick fires. So just warning you. <laughs> just All right, we'll go ladies first, just so we've got an order to it. Uh, favorite cheat meal? Uh, anything. I'm a human tartar. Eat all of the food. Uh, don't eat lamb or, or much pork. Anything aside from that, love pizza, love pasta, love ice cream. Mr. Sherry. Cider. Life's a cheat meal, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> uh, Favourite strength athlete? This one. <laughs> Some brownie points. Uh, Favourite event or workout? 
Favourite event, uh, I like any deadlift from not before. <laughs> Anything that's raised, yeah, yeah, well, there, any inch gives me, yeah, yeah, exponentially. I get exponentially stronger as the bar comes higher, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't have one, to be honest. I'm not that good at anything. I'm just quite good at most of it. Mm. <coughs> <laughs> Actually, what Camilla, what, the State Monsters World Champs, what did you pull? Because you competed there, right? It was me and yeah, Mitchell there, didn't we? Yeah. What did you pull that day? Oh, the world champs. They yeah, were... Queensland. Oh, hold yeah, up, yeah. hold up. That's old hat. What's the biggest pull you've had? Uh, uh, the statics on an axle, no. 18 inch. Yeah, yeah, what did you do? Uh, 18 inch at the not quite statics, but uh, totally the static outcasts that I, I hosted because I wasn't allowed to compete at statics. Uh, I did 285, I think. Shit. Damn. That's very impressive. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, you know, 93 log? Yeah, 93 log. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Hmm. Best cop memory. Yeah, we've done it. Yeah. Um, biggest influence in lifting and in life. Uh, for me, it would be it would have to be my brother, just because yeah, he was always the, the trailblazer for things, and he's well known, and I was always chasing yeah achievements that he would make. Um, no, you think it was overhead. So right. <laughs> yes, poverty overhead. I love him to boots. Can stone, can deadlift. Yeah, not real good with the old elbows and shoulders. Um, but yeah, probably my brother. Nice. Uh, <laughs> well, watching on TV, yeah, Marius like looked jacked and moved things fast. He was always quite inspirational. Uh, yeah, and there's other coaches I've worked with, but some of them are massive knobheads, so I don't want to give them any credit. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll say we'll say that, and probably the doing, I suppose. So yeah, lots of people along the way. So usually there's always really cool people at shows and things, and you can pick and learn from, I guess, some in the community who actually do it, not just the ones who talk about it. But yeah, probably yeah, we'll go with uh, impossible five times. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with Marius. Three books you'd recommend. We're meant to have read three books. Twilight Trilogy. <laughs> 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 Shades, I reckon it's three of them too. That's brilliant. Well, I wasn't ready, for, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Ten points, Camilla. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's been a while, you go. Yeah. Yeah, sure, I'm trying to think. <laughs> the, little, the little cogs are chipping away. It's like, oh, this is a fast thing. <laughs> um, oh. Well, one of the first ones I had was the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding by Arnold. Not a particularly good book, but it was one I read and started with. I think there's cooler ones, actually. I think I read, like, um, Keys to the Inner Universe or something from Bill Pearl. That actually was way more thorough and was older, um, which has got loads of random exercises in. Uh, and then there are quite a lot of other good books. But what one would I be thinking of? In lifting, I actually don't reckon that many are that good. Um, like, you can take... Look like to be like this is the book because i think there's just so much um mm. i probably have one on like flexibility or something to be honest because most people need it um so maybe like kit lachlan's book on i can't remember what it's called like back pain or something that's quite good just the philosophy of how to go about stretching and recovery because i think most people probably need that more than how to lift a thing yeah nice 
yeah, see, I'm not. I work a lot, uh, and I, when I do reading and watch shows, it's definitely not educational. So my my reading was always uh, fictional um, and fantasy and that sort of thing. So yeah, I really enjoyed uh, David Gemmell books growing up. Read lots of them, but uh, again, not educational, not helpful for sport. Some of them are Captain America. Like if you get that super soldier serum right, you can prove. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you get it wrong and you're one of the mongs again. <laughs> again, no different. But what Can we stop saying mong? <laughs> yeah, well, someone, someone uh, recently got me for a spider and that didn't work out. <laughs> I didn't That's brilliant. All right, before I start crying, um, what's one of your... Worst comp memory. I'll give that a quick fire. <laughs> Worst comp memory. Yeah. Um, well, uh, in weightlifting, definitely uh, Commonwealth trials, and yet yeah, missing out on that by one kilo was pretty heartbreaking. And in strongman, I haven't had any really bad competition experiences, aside from like being treated like an absolute asshole at competitions locally um aside from that probably my worst comp outcome was my first arnold's and again i've gone into that feeling like i was pretty strong and i'd do all right and i just had no clue i was so so fucking dumb um yeah just went in and got trounced and that was good good learning experience i've got a list of them <laughs> Uh, what are we going? The Arnold's, I went in the 90s and I was actually really strong and they had a squat event, which was good because I could squat and uh, I imagined everyone was going to squat far better and it was bullshit actually because they made the rules that whoever was last to sign up went first and I'm a bit of a miserly Jew so I didn't sign up till late <laughs> and then that meant I had to go really early in the piece, which was oh, shit. Uh, and you're allowed to wear a squat suit, so I had one on and I wish I hadn't put the straps up on it because I started squatting and it was like nothing, but it was a bit unstable. My suit pulled me forward and I ended up falling over like after three reps and I could have squatted it all day. And the winner didn't squat very many. So I was, I could have squatted in sleeves and probably won the event. And yet I did really shit. So that was a bad memory. Almost had redemption like Rocky and actually got back into like second position leading into stone. So it's a double memory of sadness. And then I, had, I needed five reps to win. And I did four in the first 30 seconds quite easily. And then I decided to keep spinning the stone on the lip of the bar oh. remaining 30 seconds for about four more attempts uh, and ended up doing shit and coming forth. So that was one bad memory. And I think, yeah, OSG, I pulled the stone off the platform. So I was trying to get second place. I was, won the truck pull that day to be in sniffing distance, needed to beat the guy on stones. Point difference. First stone, I've run up to it. There's a rubber mat. I didn't realise at the time. One of my clients was like, why did you trip over the mat? It's like, did I trip over the mat? So I tripped over the mat. I do remember putting my hand down on the stone to stop myself face planting. Picked it up and it was a very high platform. Threw it up uh, and then I'd had a big blob attacky on because it was wet and they rushed us. So I just slapped them on. Went and because I had so much tacky on, the stones come back down again onto the floor. Oh. I had to reload it and go. So yeah, that was a bit dumb. So I thought not only had I missed second, I thought I would have actually not podiumed at all. So it was like, oh wow, I really screwed the pooch. But fortunately, I only gave it like, you know, a little bit of a foreplay and not actually screwed the pooch and still got third place. <laughs> yeah, that's probably two of the worst. Um, 
And um, one thing people don't know about you or a hidden talent. Oh, wow, you've got loads of hidden talents. I can eat lots. Like lots and lots. Lots and lots. So, yes. yeah, they could do Camilla Eats Australia. So, like, when they have, like, Eddie Eats America or something, but she would smoke him. So, if he's watching, <laughs> she would eat him under the table. There we go. We'll send, we'll send it to him. There's a challenge for him. <laughs> There you go, yeah. I don't know if it's not the superpower I would have chosen. Let's be honest. <laughs> 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 it would probably be more entertaining to watch you guys have an eating comp than Thor and him box, so. Yeah. <laughs> What's your hidden talent, Carl? Yeah, I don't think I've got any visible talents. Like <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've got any. <laughs> yeah. <My face>. <laughs> <laughs> there you, you go. Don't... There's Carl's hidden talent. Yeah, that's right. I can David Brent Christmas party pretty hard. Yeah. That's a hidden that's talent. True. It's that's not that hidden. Right. <laughs> We're in the aisle of the shop and I'm starting breaking that. And then it almost got cleaned up. So not that hidden. <laughs> ah, beautiful. Good old office. It's fucking timeless. <laughs> it's amazing Camilla where can people find you on the Instawebs Instagram Facebook uh, yeah it, it's my name so it's probably just as obscure as people's really imaginative handles but it's just my name so yeah Camilla Fogginello uh, on Insta and same I've got Athlete and Personal on Facebook because I can't Athlete. yeah I can't work out how to get rid of my personal one and link it anyway doesn't matter I'm a tad it's all good <laughs> well, 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 what about yourself Carl uh, I've got my own uh, OnlyFans page so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> what's that ding 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 my phone's going off I've got no questions for the show but I mentioned OnlyFans and it is going off um, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah it's Carl I think it's me or me with a number uh, it may <laughs> And how much is that a month for? <laughs> and the same. So I don't actually post much these days, but I think I'll probably start doing a little bit more uh, one day. And Cerberus? Cerberus. Yeah, Cerberus.com. That's the one that I do post on. Uh, yeah, so Cerberus.com, if you just put that in here, it will redirect you to the Australian page. Cerberus Australia on the gram. Uh, yeah, we've got, well, we'll have more stuff coming out with that on info and all the products. And a bit more stuff on the athletes, so I'm going to try and ramp that up a little bit. So that's been delayed, mostly down to my little lack of tech skills. So uh, I'm going to address the uh, tech deficit and hopefully put out some cool content. So. Tech deficit, I like that. There you go. That's all. Every time we get buggered on technology, that's what I'm going to say now. Tech deficit. That's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us, guys. The DNS Podcast. The DNS Podcast.